most valuable piece of real estate you will ever own is the six inches between your ears. And if you can develop that, the, the world is yours in everything that you want. But most people spend time putting garbage in. You have to go back to your 25 years old self. What is the one piece of advice you'd like to give? Don't trust all those guys you think you're trusting. So hello everyone, welcome back to the news podcast. Today we have none other than Paul Asington. Uh, who is joining us for the 33rd episode of New Age Podcast. So, Paul, welcome to the New Age Podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, a little bit about now, uh, Paul. So, Paul basically is a serial entrepreneur. He has owned more than 15 successful companies. Apart from that, he has served 65 licenses for the investment advisor. He is currently handling over $40 billion of investment for multiple companies. So, Paul has a very good experience in, when it comes to the companies and also in terms of uh what he's doing currently in in utah for human charity and everything else. so let's just you know start the podcast so i have a couple of questions for you know uh, paul we are going to learn a lot about him at the same time you're also going to explore some other territories in terms of business and along with that you're also going to learn about some self-development topics because paul is very expert into that as well so uh paul why not you know, we'll start with a, a quick introduction about yourself tell us you know our audience how you have started your journey and and all of that so that we can understand where you came from. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. So, uh, yes, I, 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 I didn't always have a big company. <laughs> I started out right on the bottom, like most people. I, I was somewhat of a serial entrepreneur. I wanted to have a, a company where I didn't have to go ask somebody when I could go to the bathroom. Uh, somebody said, you know, Paul, would you... Would you go work for somebody else? No, I'd, I'd rather have my own hot dog stand than than have to you know report to somebody at work. In fact, when I was younger, uh, my dad actually discouraged me from going into business. He said, "No, you're not going to be very good in business." I said, "Well, why?" He said, "Because you're not very good at kissing butt." <laughs> he said, "You're not very good with authority." And uh, and and his route in business was starting with an existing company that he worked his way up. And I realized that if I started my own company, I wouldn't have to go through that same road of working my way up. And I had a friend who gave me some great advice when I was young, when I was in my early 20s. He said, if you want to be successful in business, you need to, number one, you need to learn how to sell and you need to learn how to handle rejection. He said, because it doesn't matter, even if you don't have a sales company, you're going to have to sell your idea to your investors or sell your leadership to your employees. Whatever it is, you're always in this energetic interaction with other people, wherein you need to know how to effectively communicate. And so um, I started right at the bottom. I started... Uh, he told me to find a job with a high rejection rate. And so I, I found a job. I, I started in a multi-level company and I started in a call center, cold calling, selling, you know, high rejection. And from there, ended up building multiple companies. And we can go into as much depth as you want in those. I can talk to you about some of the success principles that I used in getting there. 
I sold that first company when I was 29 years old for over $20 million. Now, most of that was in stock, uh, restricted stock at that. But the money that I had from that ended up going into starting the investment fund that is now a little over $43 billion in assets under management. I retired completely in 2017 to focus my full-time effort on philanthropy and in making a difference in the world. And so that's that's brought us to where we are today. Uh, we can talk about the undercover work as well. I've spent the last 10 years now in leading undercover rescue missions and I've led 70 missions or been involved with or led over 70 missions in 15 countries. And we have helped to rescue through our foundation, others that we have helped to fund in total, those foundations have rescued over 5,000 kidnapped and trafficked children. And so this is the first time in this month is the first time where I've gone public with some of those rescue stories to help bring light and healing to the world, as well as help young business owners learn how they can use charity to help drive them and their success in their companies. So I'll let you, because you know your audience, guide the, the questions of whether we want to go deeper into the success principles of a young company, into building a bigger company, into selling the company, into the charity work, into the rescues. You know your audience and what they're looking for. That's an overview of what I do. So, you know, it's very interesting that you said that at the age of 29, you basically, you know, uh, sold a company at $29 million, right? That was very interesting. So, uh, one of the things which I wanted to understand and then, uh, you know, again, same for the audience that, so let's just say someone is starting their career. What are the, you know, a few skills, you know, uh, someone need to master, they need to understand in order to start, you know, something of their own if they're in college. Perfect. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you, your audience, things that I learned early on that I applied in all of the companies that made all the difference. Yes. Um, number one, in understanding sales, in understanding that that the person doesn't know, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Care. You've got to learn enough information about your customer so that when your presentation of whatever it is that you're presenting to them, when that comes out, it comes across as a suggestion based on where they are at, not based on the reason why you called or talked to them in the first place. So that the, the answer to that is this, make sure that what you are giving is truly of value for your customers. And so find something that's, if you wanna become a millionaire, create a million dollars worth of value in the lives of your customers. If you wanna become a billionaire, create a billion dollars worth of value in the lives of others. Money is simply a tool of exchange. You wanna have a beautiful home and a nice lifestyle, that's all you need to do is figure out how to create that value. Number two, any, like we talked about earlier, your success in, in, uh, in any business is going to be tied to your ability to manage the rejection and learning how to sell. So those are two principles early on. Another very powerful principle that I learned is that every single day you should read at least a half an hour a day. 
readers are leaders and listen to audio programs on business and success and leadership and relationships. The, there are audio programs all the time that are going to help you. People will say all the time, you know, my, my time bills out at at least $5,000 to $10,000 an hour. If you figure out how much I earned per hour when I was working at, at, at in Bridge and building it, it was over $10,000 an hour for the time that I was there. And so people, if they wanted one-on-one -on -one time with me in counseling, they would need to pay about $10,000 an hour to do that. However, you have to ask yourself with all of these great leaders, if they have books, if they have tapes, if they have audio programs, if they have podcasts that you can learn from them, then you can pay $30 for an audio program or even for free on a podcast and you can gather all the information that you would normally get in a one-on-one -on -one meeting with them. I have a have a, a, a amazing mentor here in the United States, uh, Tony Robbins. A lot of people know him. I from a young age, I was listening to his audio programs. I've had the wonderful opportunity to be able to meet him and learn from him in person. And people ask me, they say, Paul, I, I would do anything. What well, I would pay anything to have that one-on-one -on -one time. And I ask them this question. I say, what do you think he would teach you one-on-one -on -one that he's not already teaching you in his tape programs and his, his seminars? And so take advantage of the, this beautiful life that we live, that we can hear from people from around the world and gather information on podcasts and learn from them. My, my mentor told me, he said, Paul, your, your car is a university on wheels. He said, from now on, the rest of your life, I don't even want you to know if your car radio works. He said, Listen, every time you get in the car, if you're not on a phone call, if you're not talking to somebody, listen to things that are going to build you up. They're going to educate yourself. He said the most valuable piece of real estate you will ever own is the six inches between your ears. And if you can develop that, the, the world is yours in everything that you want. But most people spend time putting garbage in. They're, they're listening to music all the time and they're, they're throwing all this stuff in there. Instead of taking these beautiful opportunities to fill their mind, you may have graduated from school 10 years ago, but you don't have to stop your education. If you're reading at least one book every month and you're listening to one audio program every day, two or three years from now, Three months from now, nobody will know that you're doing it, right? Because you haven't changed enough. Three years from now, everybody in your family and everybody around you will know that you've been doing it because you have changed so much. 30 years from now, a lot of the world will know that you've been doing it because you will have grown to the point where you can add amazing value to the world because you've you've developed this most important piece of real estate in your life, which is the six inches between your ears. Make sense? Yep, yep. So those were powerful examples in the beginning. And then I realized that when, when I learned how to handle objections on the phone, I was my, my first job. I was, I was actually my very first sales job. I was cold calling, selling bookstores on some books. And then I had another job where I was selling uh, uh, cold calling and selling children's videos 
you know, to, to mothers at home, videos that help children with honesty and integrity and stranger danger, stuff like that. And I realized that the same techniques that I used to sell a $20 video program later on was the same techniques that I used when I was selling a, a $2,000 personal coaching program in another company. And those were the same techniques that I used when I was selling a $15,000 um, uh, tax strategy program for companies. And then it was the same techniques that I used when I was raising $50,000 or $25,000 at a time for an investment in a bridge loan. And those were the same techniques I used when I was raising a million dollars at a time in our hedge fund, in our investment fund, mm -hmm. and then $10 million at a time. It was all understanding how to connect with people, handle their objections, present something to them that is really making a difference in their lives and providing value in the product or service that we have. So those things that we started out with, with small businesses were something that we were able to use as we were building our company much bigger. Yep, yep. So, and as you said that, you know, uh, we have to start with uh, basically for the first part, learning and especially, you know, uh, and having that mindset of that you need to learn every day and then understanding that you need to have some objection in order to, you know, grow in your career, right? So uh, let's talk about that, you know, uh, let's say, you know, if someone, you know, I mean, any people, if they want to start their business, uh, and they are thinking that they don't they don't have any idea, right? In that case, what do you suggest to them if they don't have any idea and they still want to do something, they still have that desire? Absolutely. The, the best kind of business to start is something that is feeling a need somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, and and sometimes people don't need know that there's a need until they actually get it filled and they're like, wow, this is a great opportunity. So it's thinking out of the box, doing something differently than you normally do. So here's an example. Let's pretend like there are 10 families that live on an island. And for years and years and years and years, every day, the, the men of the family go out and they go fishing every day. And they have a have a little system. Maybe they have a, a, a pole or, or, a, or a spear or something like that. They're spearing the fish one at a time. And that's how they're catching their fish. And they do the same thing over and over again. But two guys are creative. They think out of the box and they say, okay, how can we add more value to our island? Well, they're spending all day fishing. So they don't have a lot of extra time to do other things. But they in the evenings two of them start thinking how can we do this better and and they come up with the idea of a fishing net right so they get some some reeds and stuff and they they sew this thing together and they're able to go out and now with this net they're able to catch enough fish to feed the entire island now the problem we have is 80 percent unemployment right because you've got two men doing all the work and you got eight men that now don't have a job well, now a, a, a dysfunctional government of that island would tax those two men 80% of their fish and the other eight would just sit around and do nothing. A well-functioning system would, would encourage those other eight men. One of them would get better at building huts. One would get better at building boats. One would get better at educating the children. All of these beautiful things that would increase the lifestyle for the entire island because of the creativity of two men with a net. 
So as you're considering coming into business and trying to find a business that's going to fulfill your needs for your family, the other thing that you have to ask yourself as you're building your business, you have to ask yourself if you're hauling buckets or building pipelines. Now, let me tell you a story about where that comes from. If you've ever heard of Robert Kiyosaki, yep. I actually met Robert. I met Robert in an airport. My mentor introduced me to him. And this was before he had sold. He had only sold a total of nine books at the time, right? Not nine. Before nine nine books, right? It was way, way back then. And he drew out this, this idea of there's this, this little town and there's this, this lake. And every day everybody has to go down this, this hike up this little trail and get their water from their lake. And pretty soon it gets really busy on this trail because they're run because they had need that water for washing and drinking, et cetera. Well, then they come up with the idea that they will give the contract to two men to go and start hauling buckets. And they have this central place in the middle of the town that they'll go up to the lake, they'll fill up the bucket, they'll come down there, pull, pour it into the central place, everybody would get it there. And so every day, these two guys are going up and down the trail, hauling buckets, hauling buckets. And then one of them is a creative business owner. Now, they're both business owners at the time, right? Yeah. And one of them is just hauling buckets, hauling buckets. And the other one, he has to still keep hauling buckets to feed his family. But in his discretionary time, after hours, he starts the building of a pipeline. Okay. Maybe he's himself an investor. And pretty soon he turns on the spigot and he's earning $5, $5, $5. Now he has time and money both. As you're building your businesses, you build a system that will work with or without you. But don't get too hungry to have it work without you too soon. Hmm. People jump too soon and wanting to say, hey, I want a big business. So, no, you've got to learn all the little parts in the beginning. And once it's to the point where it can run itself, then you're a true big business owner. But you have to start out as a small business owner and then you build a pipeline. Perfect example, when I retired from Bridge Investment Group, so I'm John Pennington and I are the, the two co-founders of the fund. We brought in some guys who had some history in the property management side, but we were the co-founders on the fund side. And we had built it up to the point where we had over 4,000 employees at this time. Now we have less now, only 2,000, but we had about 4,000 employees at this time when I was retiring. And, and at the time, um, there was a young man named Andrew and he came into my office and his job that day was to get the, the partners to sign off on our expense reports. And my expense report, because I was capital markets, I was raising money, millions of dollars at a time for the fund. And my expense report had front row seat, seats at the NBA basketball games and really nice dinners with rich people all around the country and, and flights all over it. And he asked me, he said, Mr. Hutchinson, do you mind me asking how did you get your job? And I thought, my, I guess he didn't know the company, where how it started. And I, I, I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you have the, you have the best job in the whole company. All you do is fly around the world and go to rich, go to lunch with rich people. He said, that's a great job. And so I decided to mess with him a little bit. And I said, I said, well, Andrew, I, I actually used to do what you do. He goes, really? He said, you, you were in accounting. I said, yeah, I had this, this 
spreadsheet, this Excel spreadsheet, keeping track of the net asset, which was true because when it was just me and John, that's what I was doing, right? I, I was doing everything. And so I said, I had this spreadsheet that was keeping track of all the net asset valuations of all of the investments we have. I said, and then we got, we, we hired a company to do our audits and Adam was our auditor. Now, Adam is now his boss, right? And so I said, so Adam came in and said, Paul, these numbers are all right, but there's a hell of a lot easier ways of doing it than what you're doing. And I, so I said, then I got replaced by Adam. Now, really, I just hired Adam. Right? So I told, told this kid, I said, I just got replaced by Adam. He goes, oh, really? I said, yeah. I said, then I did what Jonathan does. He goes, really? You were underwriting assets? You were looking at the properties? I said, yeah, that's what I did. And every night, I had this huge stack of papers on my desk. And every night, I went home with a headache. I said, so the only thing that I was any good at was going to lunch with rich people. So that's where they put me. And he's like, oh, really? And then he said, well, how many people were here when you started? I said, just me and John. <laughs> right? And so, but the, the principle, that the, the point of the story is this. As an entrepreneur, you need to wear all the hats. You're going to have to do a little bit of everything as you're getting it going. And be willing to do that. Be willing to, to be the head cook and the bottle washer and the toilet cleaner if that's what you have to be. And, and because if you're too good for that, then you're probably going to overpay too early in your company to have somebody else clean the toilets and take out the garbage. And then you're not going to have enough money to reinvest to build it. Now, the day will come where you can hire somebody like Adam to take over the, the accounting and you can hire somebody like Jonathan to take over all the underwriting. Those are all things you can do as you get big, but don't do that too soon. Be willing to to put the time and the money back into the company in order for it to grow. Yep, yep. Very, very true. Uh, so uh, one of the things you know, which uh, again, uh, it's, I think it's very important to understand that. So while building, you know, all the fifteen companies, and then you you know had the twenty nine or thirties, you know, almost uh, uh, investment group. Uh, I must say that you must have some failure as well, right? So what mm -hmm. did you learn from your failure if you had you know that failure so because if you see uh, when people start they normally you know face these you know they fail i mean it's happened right and failure is a great thing you know if you want to learn something and then grow so how did you tackle and you know uh just wanted to understand that part as well that's that's a great question because the truth is i learned more from my failures than i did my successes now they hurt they hurt bad but some of them I didn't learn good enough because I made the same mistakes later. I'll just tell you. And the mistake that I kept making over and over again is trusting people without verifying before I brought them on as partners. You know, they would come in and I would they would talk the right talk and they would have the right idea and they getting everybody excited about something, but they didn't have a track record. They didn't have something that if I really went in and investigated and said, does this person really have the track record? Have they done what they say they can do? I would have saved myself millions and millions of dollars. So, for example, I had a, a, a company early on. I had a company that was was I had a call center that were selling um, some, it was a call center that was starting to sell the anxiety, attacking anxiety and depression program. And I hired a guy named David and David came in and he was a sales guy and whatever. And within the first week of being there as my employee, 
he comes into me and he said, hey, Paul, uh, hey, I have an idea that we could use your your call center and everything to make way more money than what you're already doing. Now, I already knew what I was doing, but he said he has this great new idea, this new thing that we could start selling. He says, we'll start this new company up. And, and it sounded great. The margin sounded really good. I failed to look into his past. I failed to understand that he had taken advantage of other people before. And so he comes in and, and we set up this new company together to sell this other product. And then he takes out a whole bunch of debt on the company and, and leaves me holding the bag. And so then I ended up having to close down my entire operation, go back to selling out of my apartment because I couldn't afford the rent in the place that we had gone to and all those extra employees, I had to downsize everything because I was distracted over here with something I didn't understand. And I trusted somebody without verifying. And it happened, it happened a couple other times later where somebody came in with this great idea. And I thought, wow, that looks really good. Let's invest a half a million or a million dollars into it. But, and I, instead of, of, trusting their track record, I trusted their words. And so that was probably the most expensive lessons that I continued to have to learn was trusting people's words instead of trusting a track record. And so, you know, trust, but verify, you know, you've got to, you can't just have everybody come in and say, well, I don't trust you. Show me everything. But just say, listen, I've unfortunately, I've learned my lesson I've learned from people who have been through this before. I love your energy. I'd love to be part of, be partners with you in building this, but I need to know exactly what you've done before. Show me a track record of what you've done before. And then you'll know. Now, if they don't have a track record because you don't, then that's okay. You can just team up together because you both have a dream and lots of energy. But also the most important thing that you can do in finding a partner in business, more important than their track record, more important than their knowledge, more important than all of those things is integrity. If they are not a person of integrity, if they have screwed other people out of money before, then they will screw you out of money at some point. If figure out how they're treating the electrician, how they're treating the, the, the person, the maid who's taking out, how are they treating other people? Are they trying to skimp on them? Are they trying to do things that are out of integrity financially? Are they trying to do things to the customers and try to get extra money in a way where they're not creating value? Those things are out of integrity. And if you see behaviors like that, be careful because the day will come where they will be out of integrity with you. And, and you'll get hosed just like the, the electrician was getting hosed and not getting paid. Make sense? Yep, totally. You know, it's important to have the right people, you know, if you really want to be successful, you know, and uh, talking about that only, how to find right people, you know, let's say, you know, if, I mean, uh, if it's happened with many people, you know, when they start certain company or, you know, when they have just graduated, they have this thing that, okay, they want to find right people. I mean, you know, basically, we want to make sure that we are hanging with right people. So how to filter the right people in our life? How to filter them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few things that you can do. You know, number one, ask for a resume and look for referrals. That's 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 an important one. Just ask for referrals. You know, not just what they say they've done, 
verify it. Ask for referrals. Who have you worked with before? Can I call them? Can I verify that you did have that? And, and do a few different referrals because they might give you one or two that's really their brother-in-law who's going to vouch for them, but they really are a screw up, you know? So get some referrals there. And, and the other thing is, here's, here's what I do in making decisions. And I, I get all of the facts I can, as many facts as I can, and I work it out in my mind logically first. And I say, okay, this is the decision. I'm going to decide right now that based on all of these facts, I'm going to come on with a partner with this person. Then the most important thing you can do, this last step, is listen. Now, not listen with your ears. Listen here. It's important to understand that every single person on earth has the ability to feel and recognize truth. The problem is we get all excited about things and our logical mind takes off or somebody has these all right words and stuff. But deep down, every time you've made a bad decision about something, you think back, you're like, I freaking knew it. I knew that guy. There was something about that that just didn't feel right. And so don't just go by those feelings. Work it out in your mind first, logically. Ask for referrals, gather all the information, but then listen. In fact, my first book that's coming out in a few months is going to be called, Are You Listening? Not are you listening, but are you listening? Because I, I had, a, had a meeting in my early 20s with a guy who... He didn't even read past a third grade level, yet he was the inventor of over 300 medical devices and the original software that voice recognition was built upon with IBM. He invented all of those things, yet he couldn't even read. And he asked me, I, I, I went to lunch with him and he said, Paul, he said, you could have an IQ at 200 if you wanted to. And I said, you can't change your IQ. That's impossible. I said, plus, I'm really not that smart. I, I worked really hard for my grades and I didn't even get a, a scholarship. He said, no, he said, the difference between me and you is that I listen better than you. And I said, you listen better than me? He said, no, I listen better than you. And he touched his heart. He said, most people discount their intuition because they doubt themselves, because they don't know where that intuition came from and they don't understand that there is something invisible that connects all of us everywhere around the world. I am connected to you, not only through this phone right here. I mean, technology allows us to communicate in amazing ways. You're in India. I'm in Utah in the U.S. on totally different times of, of the world. Yet, in addition to that, we're not only connected over this. We're connected to each other and to everybody listening in, a, in an energetic way. And they can feel the truth of my words and they can feel the things that are going to inspire them and help them move forward. And so when you understand that and understand that we're connected to God or the universe or karma, whatever you wanna call it, then you can start to listen in a way that it can guide your decisions and help you create a world of abundance in your life. You have to go back to your 25 years old self. What is the one piece of advice you'd like to give? Don't trust all those guys you think you're trusting. <laughs> Verify first and learn to listen. Because mm. I, I, I listened on some things, but I didn't listen on others. And the ones that I didn't, 
led me into a place where I'm like, crap, so much pain, so much loss, so much misery, so much financial, so much time. All of that is because I didn't verify and I didn't listen. That's amazing. You know, great, uh, you know, piece of advice on that. Uh, so, as you said, you know, that uh, one of the things, you know, if you want to grow in life, you need to have the skill of, you know, uh, learning and then reading. So, what are the top five, let's set out five books you, know, you want to recommend to people you know, who just want to start something on their own or they are student only? Wonderful. I I love the classics. I love, I love, I would start with, with Think and Grow Rich. I would start with the magic of thinking big. I would I would start with with one called the the um, um, the science of getting rich. That's that's a little teeny tiny one that was written a hundred years ago, right? A hundred years ago, and it's kind of the foundation of a lot of these books and tapes and even motivational guys that are teaching you that. Not only are your actions create, but your words create and your thoughts create. And you can create this world of abundance or a world of scarcity. You can create love or hate. You can create a, you can create money or poverty by your actions, your words, and your thoughts. And so um, in, in starting to build some of the companies, I love the book Good to Great. It was, it, it was a foundation of, okay, you can take some... Uh, so you have to make sure you have the right people on the bus first, and then we're, then you make sure that they're on the right seats. You know, this guy might be the driver now, but that guy could be the driver, whatever it is, but make sure you have the right people on the bus. The other thing I learned from that is I love the hedgehog principle. It's super simple. The hedgehog doesn't have any skills. He can't run fast. He's not very smart. But the reason he stayed alive for thousands of years is because he has one thing he does really good. And when an enemy comes, he goes into a ball and he sticks out his spikes everywhere. And they can't get to him. And he survives because he's good at that one simple thing. So don't try to get good at everything. Get good at one simple thing and do it the best you possibly can and create value for the world in doing so. So those are some of my my favorite books. Uh, the the um, Dale Carnegie's classic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, yeah. fantastic. So I'm a huge promoter of the classics because those are the foundation of your interpersonal skills and working with people. Everything else is just stuff. Yep. Thank you for being here on the newest podcast. One last question, and I ask this question to everyone, every you know host, you know, and uh, the guest we invite. Uh, what is the one impact you want to make with your work and your company? Well, it's a pretty big impact. So I'm just going to tell you straight out. So I'm already retired from my company to focus my time on for the last 10 years. I focused my time on eradicating child trafficking. When, when a child is sold for organ harvesting, for sex trafficking, these are the most horrible things you can possibly think of. And I, I've, I've dedicated my life to different types of charity because I feel like making a difference in the lives of others is the reason why my companies did so well. I made a decision when I was 20 years old that I would give 20% of my money and 20% of my time to making a difference in the lives of other people. And that one decision allowed me to build my companies to a, an amazing level. But today, my new goal and this is, this is the reason why I'm on this podcast. 
this is the reason why I'm writing the books. I am going to help heal billions of people and the generational trauma that is creating these challenges in the person. If I can change the thought patterns in our minds, if I can make you're you're not beating yourself up for whatever stupid things that you did that you can step into this new version of yourself and you don't hold on to the trauma that you had as a child that you can let that trauma go forgive other people forgive yourself and not continue passing on that trauma to other people here's the real secret here's the real secret i can give you techniques and tools all day long to help you start your company and everything else. But you could end up making a billion dollars and still not be fulfilled and not be happy because so many people are dealing with internal issues that, that they can shed and get rid of. These principles that I can teach you will help you build a company and help you build a life. And they're not typical success principles. The ones that really make a difference is number one, understanding that that tool that we touched on a little bit with that intuition, that, that the fact that all of us are a receiver and we can receive that, that, that light and knowledge and truth and everything else. And that it's not just a receiver, it's a transmitter. It's not the law of attraction. It's the law of creation. Your actions, your words, and your thoughts create this future. This is why it's so important to have a vision board of where you want to be, et cetera. But the most important thing that I did is that I made that decision that a huge percentage of my time and money would go to helping other people. One last thing that I can tell your audience is, is learn how to control your thoughts, have positive impacts coming in, love yourself true unconditional love letting go of that judgment of your past because that's going to hold you down it's going to hold you down from being successful in your business and it's going to hold you down from being successful in your family life and in your happiness as a whole and so that's my goal is to teach inner peace so that we can have world peace and and i've been to the darkest deepest depravity of human nature and seeing an eight-year-old being sold for, for horrible things. And I can then take people out and say, okay, now that you can see where it can go, let's talk about healing. Let's talk about change. Let's talk about success and abundance because every one of us can have a life of abundance and happiness and peace in our lives if we change those negative thought, thought patterns that are creating those challenges in the first place. So that's my nugget of knowledge to your, to your group. And, and it's more important than, than just working hard. It's more important than finding the right partner. It's more important than all of those mm. is change what's inside of here and you will change your life. Uh, thank you so much, you know, Mr. Paul Essington for coming here in the new podcast. Uh, guys, if you're listening to the podcast, you can follow uh, Mr. Paul on his LinkedIn, on Instagram. Along with that, I highly recommend that you visit his you know, in web website and you can also uh, so basically, we are very excited for his book. So when his book will publish, I'm the one who's going to you know, we are going to promote here in the market. So very excited for this book. Uh, go and follow him. And also, if you're listening to this podcast, you can follow on the Apple and Spotify. I'll see you next time. Till then, goodbye and take care. Understand that greatness is coming.